Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. Well, I am just delighted to welcome a good friend, uh, Neil Karsten, K-A-R-S-T-E-N is how he spells his last name. Let me tell you a little about him in a minute, but first just to welcome you, Neil. Welcome to the podcast. Randy, great to be here. Good to Good to see you again. Thank you. Let me tell you a little more about Neil. He grew up in West Michigan, and he went to Hope College, and that's where he came to personally know Jesus. And once that happened, that was a major turning point in his life. He immediately gained a desire to see passionate believers raised up and empowered for mission. And he's going to be talking with us about that a bit. After working as a pastor within the traditional church for 10 years, he sensed a clear calling to see disciple-making and simple church multiplication take place throughout North America. So this work is continuing to multiply in many cities and states by the grace of God. So he currently serves with an organization called Big Life. He's the director of the work throughout North America. And most beautifully, he and his wife, Sarah, are the proud parents of three awesome daughters. So again, Neil, welcome to this podcast. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Now, not all of our listeners are going to be aware of what Big Life is. So why don't you tell us just a bit about what that is? Yeah, the, the ministry really started about um, in the year 2000, roughly. Mm-hmm. with a, a guy named John Harima just had a heart to, to see Muslims come to know Jesus first and foremost. That was, yeah. that was kind of where it began. And mm-hmm. so he was just owned a business down in Florida, but the Lord convicted his heart. He ended up selling that business, went overseas, went to Iran first, uh, didn't have any like ministry background, was not a pastor, wasn't even a missionary, but the Lord just called him really clearly stepped into that Wow! while they were there. Nine 11 happened. And um, they ended up getting their their visas pulled away, all that sort of stuff. So they came back. Mm-hmm. Lord opened up a door to India, and they went into India. Mm-hmm. And there was the first time that they got to see some just really beautiful things start to happen, where the gospel was going from village to village to village. Mm-hmm. And in that, just teaching people, how do you be the church in really simple ways? Obviously, that was those were contexts where you didn't have brick-and-mortar churches, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. From there, the Lord opened up a door into um, Pakistan and Afghanistan wow. um, and just seeing in very hard areas of those. Uh, uh, I could share a lot of stories about that work, but um, mm. they were seeing um, some, some very amazing things happening underground. And while that was going on was eventually where they're like, we're seeing the Lord do beautiful things over here. It's the same gospel over there in Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, other countries as well. It's the same gospel there as it is here in the United States. Sure. Why don't we do some of the same stuff here in our own backyard mm-hmm. as we're doing over there? Okay. And so that's what kind of then launched the work in, in North America. Um, 
And so we're trying just to be disciples ourselves, trying to make and multiply disciples, teaching people, how do you, how do you be the church in really simple ways from, mm-hmm. from house to house or apartment to apartment or whatever that might be. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a neat challenge. I mean, you were a pastor of a mainline church. Yep. And that's kind of been the American model, at least in, in yeah. recent decades is, okay, we build our church. We, you know, hopefully have people show up and, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they act like nice, nice people. And, but it's like the church in America has been in a declining mode, hasn't it, yeah. in the last number of years versus the church in Iran, the church in China, where yeah. they're persecuted to be Christians or certainly opposed. Yeah. And yet it's growing there. What, what, what's going on? Why would that be? I can't say I have all, I, I definitely do not have all the answers to that, but um, it's unique. You say that, and I heard a while ago that the top five places that the church is growing right now are all persecuted areas. Isn't that amazing, Neil? And in the top five places where it is uh, in decline are all places where it is free to be a Christian. Wow. Um, and that's just incredible. And one, th- one thing that I've tried to encourage even the believers around here to realize is persecution happens in different forms. We often think when we say the word persecution as Westerners, we think of it in the physical sense, persecution of being physically beaten, being right. kidnapped, being right. put in prison. Yeah. Um, and there's a reality. So our brothers and sisters overseas, for many of them, that's a normal aspect of their Christian life, set, sadly. Um, but there's another aspect that we don't talk as much about or think about and it's social persecution. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of crazy because you talk to some of these brothers and sisters overseas and get the physical persecution, extreme, extremely hard. But many of them say that's not even the hardest part. The hardest part is the social persecution. And what they mean by that is that now their families will ostracize them. Their friends won't talk to them. They will be pushed out of their communities. Mm. And that's because, you know, they were, they were Muslims converting now to Christianity and their, their families will either be some of their first persecutors Mm. or they will simply completely push them out of their, their sphere. Same thing happens though. We, we often think of um, persecution coming from Islam. Um, But the truth is, is there is strong persecution also from radical Hinduism and from radical Buddhism as well. But the unique thing for us here in the West is, we don't face a lot of the physical persecution. Yes, there, you hear stories of that every, every so often. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but the social side of it is alive and well. How would you say that it, it's going on in this country, the social side? Social side. Um, many people have, have maybe even already experienced this, but they don't think of it in these terms. But when you become a believer and all of a sudden the, the scripture calls us to seek first the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You start to make God your aim, your pursuit, your desire. The, the ways in which you live are not geared towards the things of the world anymore, but now they become geared towards the things of the kingdom. People notice that. Mm. Your friends will stop interacting with you. Like I've had people who I've gotten to disciple walk with, and they said, okay, hey, now when you come to the Thanksgiving gathering, we just ask that you don't share the gospel when you come. 
And that person then has to stop and really weigh that. Mm. What do I do? Do I actually say, okay, when I, when I come to the gathering, I won't talk about Jesus or I won't share the gospel. Or do they say, no, Jesus is now my Lord. And don't get me wrong. I think there's ways which we as believers can go and be unnecessarily rude, unnecessarily, you know, burning bridges. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Right. But I I think we as believers need to fully be ready that because of our (laughs) convictions of Christ and of the kingdom, we may get fired from a job. Right. We may not receive the job promotion that we hoped for or expected. Mm -hmm. The friends and the social circles that have become normal to us will start to view us as strange or as weird. Our families will start not wanting to interact with us. Mm -hmm. And the reality of those things becoming difficult, becoming hard, Mm -hmm. it's just true. And Mm so... For most Christians now who are truly going to say, I am going to seek first the kingdom, even in the Western Christian, in the United States, that is alive and well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, so just in that, I, I think we as Westerners need to start understanding that uh, persecution is, uh, there's multiple, multiple facets of it. Um, the physical is one part. We don't experience that a lot right now. Who knows if that's coming down the road. Right, right. Um, but the social part can be alive and well. And if you go to different areas within the United States, mm-hmm. it might be more so than others. Sure, sure. Depending on where you go. Well, for example, I mean, the church is is divided in the whole area of you know gender identity and yep. what marriage is and. Yep. And there's already some ostracizing, you know, yep. of, of kicking out people. Well, you're such a hater. Yep. You know, we can't associate with you. And uh, so, yep. you know, it, it's coming. I think you're right. But we have to yep. we have to really get a new definition, I think, of what does it mean to truly be a sold out follower of yep. the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, it's yep. I think it's it's been watered down in our country so much to the point well a christian is a guy that goes to church maybe a couple times a month yep um you know he's 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 a nice neighbor yeah he uh, works and uh, pays his bills <coughs> but other than yeah. that what is he well how would you define a true wholehearted uh, follower of jesus uh, what 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 would what would that look like compared to to yeah. the, the model that we've absorbed from from America, uh, the the church in America. Um, there's a scripture that comes to mind for me with this, and I want to I want to say on the front end first that I don't think any of us live this perfectly. No, that's I, why I totally we need. I know, oh, I know, I, I know. I totally I know. agree. Yeah, yeah. But that's but that's why we're continually in need of God's grace and yeah. His mercy. Yeah. But there's the, the scripture that comes to mind that says the one who wants to save his life will lose it. Mm. And so I think for those of us who are like, Jesus, I'm, I'm trusting in your work. I believe in your work that we are marked now as people who our lives are not our own. And so 
if we're going through this life and people would, would look at us and say, wow, you know, Neil is the ruler of his life. He's doing what he sees fit. He's going yeah. about on yeah. his terms and yeah. in his ways and uh, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the, the scripture calls us to something so much more, not in order to earn our salvation or to earn our standing, of course, before the Lord, but instead yeah. this is, this is what the new nature in Christ now looks like. I that. Love it. Yes. That we have now, we have been bought at a price. Yeah. We have received a new nature that now yeah. I'm not living for my, and I, I always want to tell people I'm not doing this perfect, you know, but, but I want to aspire to be yeah. that one who is laying his life entirely on the altar, that Romans 12, one and yes, two in, yes, yes. in a, and I, I mean, I'm getting on the soapbox now, probably too much, but oh, this is good. This is good. <laughs> but I, that, that those couple of verses, it says in view of God's mercy, yeah, we have to start there. It's the mercy of God. Yeah. It's the grace yeah. of God. It says, yeah. make your lives that living sacrifice. Yeah. And I don't believe personally, that is the call for just a few Christians who are yeah. the elite Christians. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the standard. It's the normal Christian life um, that we would be those who, who understand, man, the work that Jesus did for us is wholly worth the totality of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you quoted at least part of Luke nine, 23, 24. And, and I mean, and you keep repeating and I totally agree. I have not arrived either, but you know, it was neat in Philippians three, Paul says, you know, uh, he says, I I want three things to know Christ. I say, Paul, you've known him for, I want to really know him even more. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. I say, yeah, I I can agree with that. And the fellowship of sharing with his suffering. Wait a minute, Paul. Becoming like him in his death, so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And he goes yeah. on to say, not that I've already attained or already been made perfect. So he he would identify with you and I as we're talking here. He'd say, I, yeah. I ain't arrived either. Yeah. But I, I, I want even that pain. And that's what we American Christians react against. Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm an American yeah. Christian. I deserve to be respected by my culture. I, yeah. I deserve peace and stuff and, and, and vacations. And, you know, not any of that is evil, Yeah. but we don't change. It was, it was a CS Lewis says, you know, God shouts to us in our pain, <laughs> whispers yeah. in our pleasure. We need pain. That's what Paul's talking about there in Philippians. Yep. And then you mentioned also Luke nine, it, it's a daily choice. He yes. says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily yeah. and follow yeah. me for whoever would save his life yeah. is going to lose yeah. it. But he who loses his life for my sake will save yeah. it. Now, that's counterintuitive. That really goes against the American way of looking at things, doesn't it? Yes. It, it even goes against the American church's way of looking at things, sadly. That's true. And that's why, um, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, there's always exceptions to that, but... Mm-hmm. I, I think in many regards, as us being the church throughout the United States and such, we are in a place now where we're almost reaping what we have sown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we've, we've reaped a consumeristic Christianity that's based on the self, on, on myself. How much do I like this and all this sort of stuff? Yeah. And now when all of a sudden the culture begins to change, we don't have the ability to endure the things and to press into the things that we need to. 
So now as we're seeing those declining numbers of, of many kinds, I mean, the, yeah. those statistics are, are all out there, you know, Barna uh, puts out a, a lot of things along those lines. I, I think it's because we've, we fostered so much into that consumeristic aspect of mm-hmm. who we are as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, in my opinion, um, I, I, I think the aspect of following Christ, what we need to stop and consider on the front end is what Jesus does with the crowds that are following him in Luke 14. And, and he stops and says, before you decide to come and follow me, really count the cost. Count the cost, yeah. Um, cause for anybody who is going to come and follow him, there will be a cost. Yeah. Um, depending on where we are, depending, you know, each of our costs might look a little bit different. You know, the cost that I'm going to endure to, to give my life totally to Jesus might look a little bit than you or oh, another totally. person, totally. our brothers and sisters overseas, their yep. costs might look a little bit different over there. Yep. Um, but there's the aspect where mm. I think we've, mm. we've tried to cater so much to the flesh to bring about the things of the spirit. Mm, wow. That's a profound statement. And yeah. we need to stop and really mm. consider the scripture actually says that we are at war with the flesh. Yeah, that's right. That's and that right. the flesh, according to the scriptures, the flesh actually needs to be put to death. Yeah. And I understand that's a process for all of us. That's not a one and done sort of thing. Um, yeah. But instead of us trying to cater to it in order to fill up a building or to fill up a church and then try to almost um, hoodwink people into the aspects of sacrifice mm-hmm. and such like that. Um, Jesus's example, at least in Luke 14, in certain regards was wait, before you say you want to be my disciple, I'm headed towards the cross. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to follow me, just know that's what's in store for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, he wants, he wants total surrender. Yeah. And again, our, our flesh says, Whoa, are you kidding me? That's, that's asking to, and it's just going to make me sad the rest of our life. But I was reading a a book uh, to a Bible study last night, actually Uh, the Calvary uh, road by Roy Hessian. And he says, we think that dying to self is, is going to cause us pain, but he says, it's just the opposite. It's the refusal to die to yeah. yourself that causes yeah. pain. It's very counterintuitive, but it, you, you, you come out to the other side, it, the joy that you get by being all in with Jesus. Yeah. And because there's only one person who's ever successfully lived the Christian life. His name is Jesus. Amen. And he's Amen. the only one who can. Yeah. And yep. he only does it when my old nature is crucified. Yes. I deny myself, take up my cross and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't love you. I can't yep. love myself. I can't love anybody in my own strength now because I'm in pain. Yep. And that's, he says, now you're getting warm. Now yes. you trust me to do it through you. And it's almost shocking that he gives yep. us love even for our enemies. Yes. And, and these are the things of the spirit. So like that, that is the fruit. That's not the fruit of the flesh. That is the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, Peace. patience, go, you know, on and on with those. But this is why like in Hebrew, I I believe it's Hebrews 12. It says, and for the joy set before him, the him they're referring to Jesus for the joy set before him. Yes. He endured the cross. Endured the cross. Exactly. And I believe there's like, we have that call 
follow Jesus. He tells us, pick up our cross. You said it a minute ago, pick up our cross daily and follow him. And it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all, oh, this is just going to be nasty and drudgery. Because the spirit is what gives us the joy and the peace. Mm -hmm. But I think we really need to remember the flesh and this world are not what give us joy and peace. That's right. That's right. It's, I mean, it says in the scripture that Mm -hmm. friendship with the world is enmity. It's to be an enemy of God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, we've been talking pretty negative about the American church, but yeah. do you have any optimism based on what you're yeah. seeing with your ministry and, and the people you're working with? Do you have any sense that it, it's, it's, we're seeing some, some hopefulness here? Yeah. I, I mean, let, let me start with just a little, a little story on this. And the story is yeah. going to start off a little bit negative, but I believe the tides are really changing in okay. all honesty. Um, awesome. The so myself and some of the people who do some of the similar work, people I work with throughout North America, we were getting together in Atlanta for a time together and such. And our guy who oversees our work in Pakistan and Afghanistan, uh, he he's Pakistani. Mm-hmm. He had blasphemy charges brought up against him there. He was wow. able to get out of the country, and he was relocated to to Houston. Okay. So he lives in Houston now. He still oversees our work over there. Okay. Be, I mean, such beautiful things, but really, really hard things. Mm-hmm. So he's had something along the lines of uh, 50 plus of his leaders martyred in the past five years. Wow. And he's, he's, it's been extremely hard for him with that because he's the one who has to call family members. Mm. These are people he's poured into. These are people he knows and he loves them. This isn't romantic persecution. This is the hard, brutal yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so a while ago, um, we were at this gathering in Atlanta and he was there. And in us from North America, we're all complaining. This is so hard. This is so hard to actually see disciples made and not just made, but to see disciples multiplied, to sure. see disciples that'll go make disciples that'll make disciples. Yes. And, and we're complaining and talking about how hard this is. And the whole time, this, this guy who's leading this other work is just sitting there quiet. Okay. He's not saying, he's not saying a thing. Mm-hmm. And we get to lunchtime and I'm sitting across from him. And I, I just ask him, um, I say, Hey, when we're sitting here complaining, what goes through your mind? And he's, he, I'm expecting him to say, you guys need to suck it up. You don't know what hardship is. You don't, you sure. don't know. I you would expect that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and, but what he says is he says, it makes me feel a lot better. Wow. And I'm kind of like, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, now that I live here in Houston, you know, I'm trying to do the same stuff here in my backyard now in Houston that I did when I lived in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. But he's like, there's a big difference here. He said, in Pakistan, I could find people who were willing to give their lives for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Whereas here in the United States, I can't. So it makes me feel a lot better to know that others are having a hard time as well. Okay. Wow. And that... 
yeah. dawned on me. Like we wonder, yeah. why are we not seeing the multiplication? Why are we not seeing the church thrive? Why are we not seeing it? But the scripture makes it really clear in John 12 says, unless, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains, it remains alone. Yeah. But if it dies, it goes on and it bears much fruit. Hmm. And I think in the Western sense, we're trying to get all the fruit, but nobody's willing to die. Hmm. And I'm not even talking physical death. I'm not even, I'm, I'm talking about that death to oneself. There you even. go. Yeah. And to me, the places where we're seeing such beautiful growth of the bride of Christ are all these places overseas where people are not only physically willing to die, but also to die unto themselves. Yes, yes, that's it, Neil. You nailed it right there. And, and so it shouldn't come as a surprise to us yes. that such beautiful things are happening in persecuted, also mm-hmm. physical persecuted areas because yeah. They, those brothers and sisters are willing to give the totality of who they are yeah. for the king and for the kingdom. And, and in so doing, I mean, again, from, from a earthly perspective, it just feels we're giving it all, but we're laying up treasures in heaven yeah. that are going to last forever. This life is short. Yeah. When I was 15 years old, I computed how many days, you know, from zero to age 70, it's, it's like 26,000 days, a little bit less than yeah. that, actually. It's just like, what? Yeah. And, and it's just, we've got to, God help us to, yeah. to get it. It's like the enemy is blinding our eyes, and we need to, to get clear clarity and, yeah. uh, and to, to wake up and to be all that he wants us to yeah. be. So you're it, seeing that in some places that, that people are getting it, or are you discouraged right now overall? No, so so what's been unique about that is, of course, the whole COVID thing hits hits us, and yep. I think also it, it reveals a ton of how um, sadly it revealed a lot of our consumeristic tendencies, and also yes. people are just crying out for. <laughs> worship on on screens and all that sort of stuff yeah but now i think also there's there's a rising up that's taking place and i believe it's happening that to find more and more of those people who are willing to give the totality of who they are i pray so and and i we're able to find some more of those that's great now and in quite frankly it's through those people that we're seeing very beautiful things take place. We're seeing the gospel go out with boldness. We're seeing signs and wonders accompanying that happening. We're seeing the Lord show up with dreams and with visions. We're seeing people getting baptized in bathtubs. We're seeing the church meeting from house to house in mm-hmm. simple ways. And we're seeing the city by city begin to like emerge. And I, I'm not saying it's all perfect everywhere. Yeah. And, and I don't believe we're the only ones doing it. I want to be really oh, clear no, with no, that. Was, I believe there's, yeah, there's, this sure. ta- there's this tapestry that's being mm-hmm. woven together. Mm-hmm. But it's not coming from a consumeristic tendency of trying to beg people into this. No, it, like one of the things that we've really tried to lean into is for those who are really curious to live into this, one of our first things is to sit down with that brother or sister and really say, hey, count the cost of following Jesus. Consider whether you have enough to build that tower, as it says in Luke 14. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then for those who are willing to do so, we're like, however we can serve you, however we can co-labor with you, it would be our honor. That's neat. And we're finding those who are, who are willing to stop and really count the cost, who have that joy set before them. Um, That's really and, great. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if people wanted to find out more about your ministry and what to do, how can they do that? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a few ways. Uh, one is just the, the big life website. That's just, you know, just www.big.life. If you get in touch there through it, through the contact sure. there, um, I'll, I'll end up seeing it at yeah, some sure. point. So if okay. there's a curiosity, um, you know, if you want to get in touch with me directly through an email or something like that, it's just n.karsten at big.life. Um, that's a way to, to get in touch with me. And okay. man, I, if other people's hearts are burning for similar things, mm-hmm. I, I always want to be clear. We're not doing this perfect. It's a, but um, we're pressing on That's to try right. to see his kingdom come. I love it. Well, Neil, appreciate your sharing. Why don't you close us in prayer and pray for the American church to yeah. wake up and to, to be all that God wants us to be in Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, I, I praise you, God, that we get to know you. Mm. And I praise you that um, that the days of sin are short. Mm. In the grand scheme of things, this is but a blink. This is but a breath. And an eternity of perfection lies before us, God. Amen. Teach us what it means, Lord Jesus. Teach us what it means to stop and count, to, con- to, to consider the days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Mm. Lord Jesus, I pray, Jesus, that a fire would continue to emerge in all of us who know you, who have received you, that um, the things maybe that in the past were, were a blazing fire and have grown dim, we just pray, God, would you breathe life into those? God, I pray that your kingdom would come first in our lives. Forgive us for the ways where we've made our own kingdoms first, Lord Jesus. Please, God, I ask that you would raise up more just mighty warriors around us who will count the cost, God, who will be empowered to go to be disciples of you, go make disciples of you, to see a harvest gathered in, Lord Jesus. Mm. God, so please, um, it says in your word that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And it says to come to you earnestly, the Lord of the harvest, Mm. to ask for more laborers. And so we come to you, Lord of the harvest. Mm. Please. Raise up more laborers, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I, I pray for those who are laboring. I ask that a protection would be upon them from any scheme of the enemy to create any, any confusion, mm-hmm. uh, chaos, destruction. Mm-hmm. In your name, protect them, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. God, um, but we just right now, we just say, God, you are worth it. Yes. You are worth it. Amen. I thank you for my brother, Randy. Thank you for the, the ministry that you've entrusted to him. And God, we just say we love you. Amen. We look forward to your return, Jesus. Yes, we do. Amen. Amen. Neil, thank you, brother, for sharing your heart. And uh, I think it's going to really touch a lot of lives. God oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. Thanks, brother. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.